Hi everybody and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today we are going to talk about whether you should ever stay in a sexually unfulfilling relationship if there are no children involved. Um, and as I said in my description, the answer is no. So if you were just coming for a one word answer that I speak in my voice instead of you reading it on a screen, then you just bought yourself back 20 minutes because you don't have to listen to the rest of this podcast. But for everybody else that wants to know why I feel so strongly about this, just keep on listening. But first, uh, please do subscribe, as I tell you every time. That is very useful in helping me see that people actually like this podcast and uh, helping motivate me to keep doing it. <laughs> and also, of course, you get access to bonus episodes. So uh, the one that's going to be coming up next is when men have trouble with trust and how that can manifest both toward women and in general. This is a major issue that many men struggle with, and we'll discuss why, how you could support your husband if he's this way, how you could kind of even know if he is this way versus just thinking about him as kind of being an asshole. Sometimes the trust issues are underlying what you think of as my husband's just being an asshole. Um, so anyway, let's go to this current topic. So uh, no, I do not believe that anybody in the one life that you get on this planet should stay in an unfulfilling uh, sexual relationship if you are not extremely committed to this person and will hurt other people by leaving. So um, obviously there's a Dead Bedrooms Reddit and if you go on the Dead Bedrooms Reddit, uh, it can be like just a real mind fuck, quite honestly, because there's these people that are, okay, so back it up. If you don't know there's a Dead Bedrooms Reddit, then it is about people who are in quote unquote dead bedrooms. They feel very unfulfilled and they are in basically sexless relationships and therefore the bedroom is quote dead. And, um, and if you go, and this is like a support forum. And if you go on this Dead Bedrooms, which like many of my clients who are married, with kids, um, <laughs> go on this forum to kind of understand more of a, the other perspective. So like if a couple comes to me, one's low libido, one's high libido, frequently the low libido one doesn't have any idea what the high libido one is feeling. So obviously, um, they are coming to me and I can help them understand, but it can be also useful to visit this forum and see what other people feel and like how, you know, it's not just, for example, this one woman's husband that feels completely unloved and, and terrible because she won't sleep with him. It's like everybody in that situation, male or female. And there are also a lot of, by the way, women who are the higher libido partner that you can see by going to this forum. But anyway, so it can really help them understand. And it can also, of course, help the higher libido frustrated partner feel not alone as any sort of support group or forum does. So the, you know, it's a useful forum. But if you go on there and you look, it's like, there are these people, they're like 23, 24 years old. They don't have any kids and they like not had sex for six months or something or e even three months or, or, or uh, Christ at that age, like two weeks, you know, that's, that's a lot. So, and they're staying. And so this can really help us, um, understand why people self-sabotage because anybody who actually has children and is married feels like, holy shit, divorce would be such a huge deal. It would hurt the children, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously there's ways to ameliorate that. I mean, I myself, I'm divorced. Many people are divorced and, um, we love our children, right? So it's not like a divorce is going to like desperately fuck up your kids just out of, you know, the, 
like wholly and irrevocably, otherwise nobody would do it. But certainly nobody wants it to happen, right? So it's a it's a lot uh, harder to get a divorce or to think about doing so once there's children involved. Totally, that's just literally common sense. But then you go on these forums and you see people that don't even, you know, have a mortgage together, never mind human beings that they share, and they're still trapped in these sorts of relationships where they're sexually unfulfilled. So why do they do this? And obviously, um, I'm not judging anybody for anything. There's reasons why people do this. So it's not just like it's like a stupid decision. I mean, it is a stupid decision, but people make stupid decisions like all the time. And that's a lot of what we're talking about here is how to use your uh, self-awareness to make decisions that you are going to later think are less bad, you know, for you in the long run. So if I even get one person that's in a marriage without kids yet, or not even married, that's in uh, a sexually unfulfilling relationship that is like, hey, why am I doing this thing that is so obviously self-sabotaging, then that will be, uh, that would be my goal is to at least make anybody think about this differently. So why do people do this? low self-esteem and expectations about relationships that you have learned in a dysfunctional family of origin. To the T, every single one of them, every one of them struggles with low self-worth. And why? Because of all the reasons that anybody struggles with low self-worth, usually because in their family growing up, they did not get the sort of love that they needed through no fault of anybody's not that their parents were bad people but they just did not get the sense that they were worthy of like real attention and deep fulfilling love in the parent-child sense really because that's all you know that you can get as a child is that from a parent and why because maybe a parent was depressed maybe they had their own trauma history likely their own childhood was even worse than whatever they gave their kid and they were struggling with a lot of stuff a lot of shit on their plate and they just were not able to be present and um loving and attentive in the way that this child like any child would deserve and to learn more about this you can listen to my attachment theory podcast so when these children then grow older and they're in a relationship, they it's confirmation bias. You already think you're not worthy of love and attention. You never really got it growing up. So then you get involved with a man or a woman who will not sleep with you and you just think it's par for the course. Like relationships just kind of are going to be this way. They're going to be disappointing. Nobody's ever going to fully love you enough. And why would they? Because honestly, you're not that great. And people don't obviously articulate these thoughts, but these are the thoughts that they have on a subconscious level is I am really not worthy of being in a relationship where my needs would fully be met. And that is the reason that they stay in a sexless relationship before there are any real commonsensical reasons to try to push through it. So in contrast, um, if you, there are people, and I talk about them all the time, whose relationship, uh, sexual relationship gets much worse after kids. Why? There are hormonal biological changes to women. Many more women than men or women realize have postpartum depression or anxiety and um, all of the symptoms that go along with those. Uh, women have a massive uh, transition of, of identity, becoming like a mother versus just a wife and a single person. 
And there are, are, are many ways that that a woman changes so deeply when she has children that her sex drive just really goes onto the back burner. It's really not a part of her hormonally or psychologically for a good while after she gives birth. So if a man can understand this and wait it out and um, certainly work on the relationship, uh, meanwhile, then frequently after the baby stage, women do come back online in a sense sexually. And they come back in, um, you know, maybe not in that honeymoon phase way, but they certainly begin again to value sex in the relationship and to um, have their identity uh, grow such that it integrates the sexual part again and they're not just a mom or something, right? So uh, many, many relationships, the sex life takes a hit after children are born and then men are kind of in this like holding pattern, waiting it out. So some of those guys, uh, their marriages get back on track sexually and some of them don't. But you can obviously see, uh, pr practically speaking, how a man would never exactly know in that situation when to cut and run, not cut and run, like literally like leave her, but when to uh, think about it as a major problem. I mean, so she's cleared to have sex after six weeks after giving birth, but she doesn't want to. Well, uh, no guy is really going to be a tremendous douchebag at that point, right? I mean, you have like literally a six week old infant but then what about when the baby is uh, three years old, but then they're still sleeping in the bed, but then she didn't get back her body, but now she's thinking about going back to work, but then she's pregnant again on the one time that you did have sex. You see how this goes. I don't have to like explain it in depth for anybody that's been there. After a while, many men find themselves in a situation where, uh, you know, the quote unquote baby is six and they've not had sex in a long time and it just somehow got away from them. Now that is a situation where, um, it is not as directly linked to somebody having low self-worth, you know, like they're trying to be a good guy. They're trying to wait shit out. They really don't understand anything about the woman's transition to motherhood. They're trying to be supportive and then shit just gets away from them. Now, if the woman, when there's like, like the child's six seven, eight, whatever, whatever. And at that point, she's just saying, no, I don't want to have sex with you. And men remain in that. Then, yeah, they do have self-worth issues. But again, it's compounded by they don't necessarily want to get divorced. They don't want to see the kid only half the time, et cetera, et cetera. There's always going to be like a, a range of complex issues, but never is it so obvious that there is a lack of self-worth as it is with the people who do not even share kids or frequently a house even or bills or a mortgage or what have you, but still are sacrificing their sexual fulfillment because they truly just feel like this is kind of what life is and no woman's really going to be that into me anyway. So I should just kind of be happy with what I have and just get myself into this yearning place where I'm never fulfilled. That honestly is going to be a direct psychological parallel to that man's upbringing where he was probably always yearning for more parental attention than he received, was never fulfilled. And then this current situation with the sexless relationship in his 20s is is really just a direct analog of how he felt as a kid. 
So if you are in this sort of situation prior to having children, let me tell you for sure it does not get better. No, never gets better. Marriage and kids makes it worse, not better. Now, marriage and kids makes, in, in a more uh, sexually healthy situation, marriage and kids can will always dampen the original excitement, but then with a partner that is also into sex generally, you can actually get back and have like a really good, even better, not in the newness sense, but in the variety exploration. We know each other, we trust each other, uh, we are down to try anything. Um, that can come back with people that are both um, loving and respecting of one another and both value sex. So in that case is a world in which marriage and kids even do improve a situation because you're starting out with two people where they have this strong sexual connection, then they only amplify their emotional connection over time. So these are the couples that actually like, you know, start like getting all these sex toys in their 40s and like, you know, dressing up and possibly uh, sharing other fantasies and like all this stuff. This is real. I mean, people do, people have sex. (laughs) You wouldn't think it to listen to my podcast, right? But like there are people who have really fulfilling sex lives after many, many years of monogamy. And that's great. And I never see those people in my office, but I know about them in, in other aspects of my life, right? So that's great, but that is never going to happen if you started out in a sexless or near sexless or a sexually unfulfilling relationship when you're dating. It's never going to happen. That is the highlight of as new and exciting it's going to get. And if you have a woman that feels in any way disgusted by your touch, get out of it, get out of it, get out of it now. And if you are dating after divorce, never get into it again. I shouldn't have to say that because many, um, many men at least know that one. They're like, you know, no matter what, I will never get involved. After this divorce, I'll never get involved with another woman that doesn't want to sleep with me. But they say that. But then look what happens. You've never dealt with your self-esteem issues, your self-worth issues that from childhood were compounded by the sexlessness of your first marriage. So you miss the kind of warning signs that the second, uh, you know, that the post-divorce partner is shying away from sex, maybe not as dramatically as the ex-wife, but it's there. So in that case, this is why all people after divorce should just get the fuck into therapy. That's like, should be, that should be like the only way you're allowed to get a divorce certificate is if you go into therapy. So then like you can have somebody who's checking in with you every week. Like, are you doing any of your patterns from the past? Are you, are you, are you with this new woman? Are you doing the same stupid shit? Like, no. Okay, good. Yes. Oh, let's fix it. But Anyhow, so my point is there should never be a time where somebody is in a sexually unfulfilling relationship prior to marriage and kids. No, get out. It will never get better. It's not like she's going to learn like she's like hates touching you now, but uh, she's going to learn to love touching you after she has a ring on her finger. No, never going to happen. Never going to happen. And if she has a ring on her finger and you don't have kids, get out, get out, get out, get out. You want to go to couples counseling? I can't stop you from throwing away your money. But if there is any woman that has no kids and goes from not wanting sex to wanting sex after kids, 
I had never seen that unicorn. So I tried to talk very straightforwardly and avoid bullshit with people, especially about things so important as who you choose to spend your life with or to remain with. So there are so many men I work with that, that the marriage started to tank in that dimension after marriage, like the marriage, once it was a marriage, started to derail sexually, but then they went and had kids and they regret it. They don't regret the children. They don't regret the kids. They love the children. But if they had to do it over, you know, like you smart people that listen to this, like philosophically, you wouldn't know those children, right? If they were never created. So these men think the same. If I had it to do over, I never would have known these children that I love. So I would have got the hell out of Dodge. As soon as our honeymoon, we went uh, to, you know, Cabo for seven days and had sex one time. That's when I should have come back and annulled it, you know? So don't be that, don't be that person. Like, don't be somebody that decides to kind of make your problems worse by having kids with somebody who you already feel is shrinking from your touch and with whom you do not feel like... Uh, Uh, true and authentic version of yourself because you're always begging for scraps of physical affection. Don't make that your life. Now, uh, you will realize, obviously, that I've mostly talked at this point, so far I've only talked about men who are in this situation because it's so much um, more common, obviously, for men to be the higher libido partner. And But I, I have really made it clear in every other aspect, I do not believe that women should ever be with a man that won't sleep with them like men don't get their period their mood shouldn't go up and down over the course of the month they uh do not get pregnant they do not nurse if you are a high libido woman that your boyfriend should get a pass maybe when he is like in that like has the flu but otherwise if there are signs that like you're always initiating no, no, girl, you deserve different than that. You, he, you should not be the initiator in your sex life, uh, basically, at all, except for shits and giggles. Like, if you want to be fun and you want to be cool and you want to be, like, world's best wife, then initiate all the time if you like, but not if that's literally the only way you're going to get laid because that is never, ever, ever going to make you happy. So any woman who potentially has a boyfriend out there that's listening to this and is not married yet or is married that doesn't have children yet, this will never, ever get better. You will always feel unattractive, unloved, and unworthy. And if you deeply think about this right now, why are you drawn to a man who makes you feel this way? It should be an epiphany moment. Oh my God, because that's exactly how I felt always. I always felt like I was begging for scraps of my parents' attention, maybe one or maybe both. And I never felt like I was good enough. So now I'm replicating this dynamic subconsciously by being with one of the few men on earth that wouldn't want to fuck my brains out all the time. Because that is confirmation bias. And that makes me feel like um, familiar. It would feel very unfamiliar to me to be with a man who is actively pursuing me because of my self-esteem issues. So you should be thinking what I need to do is get my ass into therapy right now and work on myself and work on resolving my self-esteem issues. This is now going to broaden out to men or women in this situation to go to therapy right now. You should be committing to, to work on self-esteem issues so that eventually you can get to a place where you think, of course, I should be with a partner who wants to have sex with me. I'm, I'm an attractive person 
who wants to have sex, that is great. Many people would value that highly. That is, in fact, a very good quality I have as a person wanting to have sex and wanting to connect in that way and being interested in that. And so I'm going to find somebody that I click with who also is my peer and my partner in this a sexual domain and wants to co-create a loving and fulfilling sex life as a major aspect of our connection together. Not the only aspect, but one primary thing that we are compatible on. Because people that are low on self-esteem, they don't think, oh, this is a good thing that I want to have sex. They basically think, oh, this is another way I'm irritating somebody. I usually irritate people, so here's like another way, is by asking for too much sex. No, 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 no. It's not real. That is uh, only real in certain uh, specific domains, right? Like the ones that I've discussed. So if you're a man, you have a really high sex drive, your wife just had a fucking baby, you know, or she's like in the middle of a major depression because she's grieving something or she had a miscarriage or like who the hell knows, right? A surgery, like some bad thing. At that point, she should be like, man, I wish he didn't even have a sex drive. Then he wouldn't be bothering me about this. That's normal, right? But it's not normal for a partner to think that when there's not massive distress going on or massive couples conflict. So usually that's not a good thing. Oh, also another one, if she goes through menopause. So there's a lot of men, they do have a healthy, loving sex life. And then the woman goes through menopause and shit changes. I did a podcast on how women change in their forties that, um, could be relevant for you and also podcasts on other reasons your libido might be low. I think at least one of those is a paid one. So you might have to suck it up and pay to hear one of those awesome podcasts. <laughs> but anyhow, I hope that this uh, lent some sort of value to your life. And honestly, if you have a younger sibling or somebody that could listen to this and should listen to this, then, you know, send it to them because my basic clientele here are married people because that's when they find me. And of course, parents because Dr. Psych mom. But this stuff is stuff that I work on with with younger people. Like the few guys in their 20s that I work with are always, I feel very lucky not to toot my own horn, but because most of the guys I work with in their 40s and beyond are like, man, I wish somebody talked to me about sex and relationships when I was a young man, the way that you're talking now. And then I would have maybe made different choices or understood how I was self-limiting because of my own issues and how that got me into whatever relationship issues I'm in currently. So do share this with people who could benefit, who perhaps, you know, don't know these sorts of things about how they should have high expectations for themselves and how their self-worth issues may really impact their partner choice in ways that, um, you know, can, can really screw with you. Once you make the wrong decision in a partner, it's not like you can't go back, but it's a little hard. You know, you can't put that genie back in the bottle, especially once there's children. There's going to be a lot of stuff to deal with if you suddenly realize that you do not want to be in a dysfunctional relationship anymore. All right. So hope everybody has a great weekend and talk to you soon.